Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. All characters during the show, such as Donatella Iglesias, Jimmy Coconuts, and Tyler Jerry are copywritten and are satirical. Any similarity to any persons living or dead is completely coincidental. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can just peacefully. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. For this episode, we're doing another part of our pandemic series, Hemorrhagic Fevers. Sean, this, it's gone global several times, right? (laughs) Okay, technically, technically this one on viral hemorrhagic fevers is epidemics, not pandemic. So it's like been localized. Yeah. So why are we talking about these Trump bitch diseases? I mean, we've talked about plague. I forgot the other one we talked, TB. We talked about plague. We talked about TB, all these big sexy fuckers that change human history. Why are we talking about these fever? I mean, Sean, what even is a hemorrhagic fever? I've never heard of that. What is it? What's a hemorrhagic (laughs) fever? What's an example? Ebola. Oh, I've heard of Ebola. Yeah, Ebola is a viral hemorrhagic fever. And I would say that in the past 20 years or so, the major pandemic outbreaks that we've had have either been influenza, coronavirus-based, or viral hemorrhagic fevers. Okay. So, so those have been the big epidemics that we've seen in the past 20 years. Well, you know, like the Donald, right? He got rid of his national security group on pandemics, I think because he was like, Africa, Ebola, who even cares? That's far away from here. Why should we care about these hemorrhagic diseases? Well, so first of all, the viral hemorrhagic fever sort of family is actually roughly 18 diseases. Okay, fuck. And it covers four different families of viruses. And they are global. There are viruses in North America, South America, Asia, Africa. So there are viruses that cause these kinds of diseases everywhere. So vis-a-vis like our plague and TB discussion, there's a lot of types of these hemorrhagic diseases. They're all over the place. They're out to get you. And kind of what I'm getting to is that like they're also maybe the gnarliest diseases, right? They're pretty freaky. They're pretty freaky when they go full blown. We'll get into the details on some of these different ones. There's actually a wide variety of how hard they hit you, how deadly they are. Uh, With some of the ones later on that we get to, we're going to finish out with Ebola. And that's kind of the big daddy viral hemorrhagic fever. So guys, we're going to go through a bunch of those diseases. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the ways that we've treated them. Because that's the other really big picture here, right? Is that we can learn a lot about the way that vaccines are developed and how fast they can be developed if we really put a concerted effort into them. (laughs) Relatively, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah. Relatively fast we can develop vaccines. So guys, let's get into it. Hemorrhagic vaccines. Many, many epidemics. Uh Uh-oh. So Sean, in our introduction, we talked a little bit about hemorrhagic fevers, what they are, why they're important. Tell us a little bit more about this category of fever. Right. Okay. So first of all, in this episode, we're talking specifically about hemorrhagic fevers that are caused by viruses, viral hemorrhagic fevers. There are bacterial ones also. Jesus. And fungal. 
I don't think so. Cordyceps. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just being confusing. Okay. Why are they called hemorrhagic? What the fuck is a hemorrhagic? Right. So hemorrhagic has to do with bleeding. Okay. So Gross. Actually, that's one of the classic characteristics of, say, Ebola that people talk about is bleeding right. out a lot of places. Donald Trump mentioned this a couple weeks ago when he was like, coronavirus isn't a big deal. Ebola, you're like fucking bleeding out of your fucking <laughs> eyeballs in shithole countries. It's a very rude quote. So the name hemorrhagic fevers, that's part of it. Hemorrhagic, bleeding, fevers. You know what that is. You get hot, right? That's <laughs> basically. I'm always getting so hot. <laughs> so that's the kind of big overall idea here. It just so happens that all 18 of these diseases caused by four different families, they're all enveloped RNA viruses, which is exactly the same as coronavirus. They right? were delivered in an envelope to Area 51 <laughs> from the alien overlord Xenu. So in this case, enveloped means a lipid bilayer coat. Okay, so our only... cells have a lipid bilayer, right? Yes, and these viruses pick up their lipid bilayer on the way out of our cells. This is why you need to eat fat, guys, is that's the lipids that go into your cells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Misleading. <laughs> I mean, so despite them having some things in common, these viruses actually cause kind of a really wide variety of symptoms. So some of them cause more bleeding than others. Some of them, it's like a little bit of bleeding out of your gums or like a really bad nosebleed. And then other ones, if you have an IV stuck into your vein or something like that, you'll start bleeding out of that hole. Wow, uh, that sucks. Yeah, and so you can't IV those patients because they'll Dude, just bummer. be uncontrollably bleeding. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you said that they're spread across all the continents besides like Antarctica or whatever. Sure. You got monkeys in Papua New Guinea. You got humans over wherever here. You know, we're part of the same family, but we're, like, pretty different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not that surprising. <laughs> sure, yes. When we get into the different families, and we're going to go into a little bit more specifics, I'll talk about both how they are different from each other, but then also, like, what kinds of animals spread them and all kinds of things like that. They have right. different vectors and all that stuff. So if some of these guys, you poke a IV hole into somebody and they fucking bleed out, yep. they sound pretty gnarly. Yes. Are there any treatments, cures, or <laughs> vaccines? <laughs> Me, dude. <laughs> you need help on this episode. What? That's a useful segue. <laughs> All right. So for the most part, there are not treatments or cures. There are some preliminary vaccines, especially for like Ebola, uh -huh. which we're going to get into much later. But for the most part, across the board for most of these, there's not really much you can do besides trying to support people. Well, so how is this stuff not already killed like all humans? Sometimes they burn out. Um, sometimes they'll kill people faster than they can actually spread. Okay. And in general, they have limited human to human spread? Right. So some of them spread relatively effectively human to human, like Ebola or something. But a lot of the rarer ones, the ones that we're going to be talking about that people haven't heard about, you haven't heard about them because they don't really go from human to human. It's okay. mostly from animal to human. Okay, cool. So let's start getting into some of the specific fevers. What are the four families? The four families right. of hemorrhagic. Exactly. Yeah. So the first family is Arena Viridae. And the Arena Viridae family or Arena viruses are mostly carried by rodents. So rodents are the reservoir. It doesn't cause overt disease in most of them. So they can just have the virus around and they don't like bleed out of their eyeballs. That's pretty anything. troll. Yeah. So the thing is that Arena Viridae is responsible for a lot of small outbreaks all over the world, okay? Right. So this happens a lot, especially right now. You can see a lot of them crop up in South America. And then they end up getting named after right. the country that they happen Vuvuzuela, in. Venezuela, Venezuela, <laughs> Brazil. Yeah. yeah. So you'll see a name of a disease like Brazilian hemorrhagic fever that was probably caused by an arena viridae. So there's rats banging everywhere. Why are there such small outbreaks? 
So in a lot of cases, the rats need to have it and also be like biting people or something, <laughs> right? It's a so, desperate Venezuelan rat. <laughs> right. And you need to have kind of like a pretty good density of both humans and rats nearby each other. Right. This needs to be like a really stacked ship. Right. right. And okay. So technically, technically, I said rat bites, but technically it can also happen from a high concentration of even rat poop and urine in an area. You can have an aerosolized amount of... Deal. Don't eat rat shit. Stop right. it. And don't, like, sniff rat piss. Okay? <laughs> I know in Daytona Beach it's the hot new thing. Right. Socially distant from rat piss. So, you know, realistically, it is true that they are relatively rare. So I think even in the rat community, <laughs> it is not that common. Okay, so okay. So if you go around and you pick up your random rat poop and consume it, it's not like you're definitely going to get an arena virus, but you can. So arena viridae is some bullshit. Probably kills like what? Like 1% of people? Like who even cares? It ranges from 1% to 80% of the people infected die. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so some of them are way more deadly than others. But it's kind of hard to figure out a lot of information about them because, again, it'll be like, oh, how many people have died from the Brazil hemorrhagic fever? It'd be something like five people got it in the same outbreak right, right they all died right that's all we know about it right it's kind of <laughs> like, like i mean that's the problem with reporting in a lot of places is you're like hey bro i heard <laughs> this one amazonian trap is dead yeah <laughs> and you're like uh, okay sure yeah maybe. so you know not every arena virus is rare so for example lassa virus causes lassa fever Woo. and that one infects 300 to 500 thousand people a year Okay, so up to half a million people a year. You made this one up. No, Is most of the time. 80% of the time, it does not cause any serious disease. It's like asymptomatic. And it's responsible for about 5,000 deaths a year, despite infecting half a million people a year. So, right. you know, this is not one of those super crazy Ebola-esque right. ones. It just occasionally, those 5,000 deaths... They got a hemorrhagic form. No one even talks about Obama's Lhasa. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So that's it for Arena Viridae, right? Yes. Okay. So that's the first family. Let's talk about the next family. Bunya Viridae. Ooh. Yeah. These all have cool names, man. Huh? I like hemorrhagic fevers. Bunya Viridae. This is a really big family of viruses, okay? And not all of them cause hemorrhagic diseases. Some of them infect bugs like ticks and can get spread by ticks others infect mammals like rodents some infect plants and then just don't do anything to people they just yeah. fucking up the plant yeah exactly That's so bunya viridae is a very very big family bunya yeah within bunya viridae is hantaviruses i feel like i've actually heard of hantavirus well i brought it up yesterday but ah there you go <laughs> <laughs> anyway so so within this big family is a whole other family the hantaviruses there are old world hantaviruses and there are new world hantaviruses. And the old world ones are the ones that cause hemorrhagic fevers. Okay. okay. It's funny because old and new world felt like an abstract category to me in large part because I more come out of history. Uh -huh. But like I look at science and it seems like old world versus new world is like kind of really important sometimes. Yeah, sure. Why? The separation between the old and new worlds does actually represent thousands of years of isolation sure there's right. like an ocean between them yeah exactly. well now that you put it that way <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but that is a whole point is for example you can also talk about old world and new world monkeys and they right. are monkeys that evolved in pretty separate lineages because of that separation right that makes sense so in this case yeah old world hantaviruses they're the hemorrhagic fever buddies 
a lot of times their symptoms are more kind of just a flu, and then every once in a while they'll progress into hemorrhagic zone. Jesus, okay. And they'll do like kidney bleeding and shit. And and each outbreak tends to be named around the place it comes from. Right, and so hantaviruses, I think, are named after sort of one of the first ones that they figured out called Hantan. Mm. And Hantan was named after the Hantan River in Korea. Oh, shit. Yes, and then also there's like the Seoul hantavirus there's wow. dobrava hantavirus so korea had quite a history with hantavirus <laughs> they, they had at least a couple Jeez. and these ones they had a one to 15 percent mortality rate so okay. you know pretty bad it's a bad way to go fucking bleeding down your respiratory system or yeah. kidneys or whatever and kidneys yeah and so the new world hantaviruses are ones that typically cause a respiratory syndrome instead of hemorrhagic fever so in this case the lungs fill up with fluid one of the ones in the U.S. is called the Sin Nombre Hantavirus. Is that just like without name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The name on that's really funny. It's fucking dumb, dude. Well, well, so the thing was the scientists were like, all right, this is the blah, blah, blah valley hantavirus because we found it, you know, in this area. Right. And then the people living in that area were like, no, don't. Fuck you. Yeah, don't name it after our town right. or whatever. And they're like, oh, shit. And so they're like, okay, well, there's this nearby landmark, so it's the blah, 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 hantavirus. And then the Native American tribe that was like there was well, like, don't. Stop it. Yeah, don't name it after us. And everyone just throws up their hands and they're yeah. like, sin nombre. Yeah, so seriously, the scientists were like, well, then we can't name this anything. So sin nombre hantavirus. See, what's Korean for no name? Idumiopso. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we should call, there we go. We should call the hantavirus Idumiopso virus. Idumiopchana. <laughs> 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 All right, anyway. Hantaviruses, in those cases, are spread by rodents. Why are certain things like rodents and ticks just such ass fucks about disease spreading, right? Like, what's up with that? Is it their biology, or is it just because we live with them a lot? I think in the case of a lot of rodents, it's interactions with humans. Mm. Okay. It's buying each other. For some other things... It's not necessarily that way. So, for example, we'll do an episode on yeah. bats sometime. And bats actually have an immune system that seems to be able to keep them alive pretty well, but also not fully clear out viruses. That's so why viruses, vampires yeah. live forever. Yeah. But anyway. Makes sense. <laughs> okay, so then we got some other bunyas. Yeah, there's some other bunya viruses okay, let's out talk there. talk about them. One of them is Rift Valley Fever, and then the other is Crimean Congo Hemorrhagic Fever. How the fuck? Is <laughs> the Crimea and the Congo in the same name? Yeah, it's fun. There, there were two different outbreaks, and they're like, man, people be bleeding. This sucks. <laughs> and then they looked at the viruses and they figured out, oh, this is actually like the same species of virus, just in two different geographical locations. Damn, that's fucked. Yeah, dude. So actually, Crimean Congo was featured in our Bite Me episode, right? Because right, right. it is spread by ticks. God damn it. Yeah, so if you want to know more, you can head over there. But just in general, you get a headache, high fever, body aches, muscle pains, red eyes, flushed skins. Then you start to bleed out of your nose pretty bad. Right. You get bruising all over your body. You start bleeding from injection sites. Right, the so thing. the IV. Right. Yeah. 9 to 50% fatality rate. Jesus. And then Rift Valley Fever is probably also in that fucking Bite Me episode. That's the same death rate as Avengers Endgame, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just snap! Yeah, 50% yeah. of you are gone! Crimean Congo is the snap. Rift Valley Fever is spread by mosquitoes, and so is also Bite Me applicable. Uh, it can also be spread by the blood or tissues of infected animals, like livestock, cows, goats, camels, because that's... Camels? Yeah. You know, I heard in some Somali communities up in Minnesota, there's camel meat. And I really want to try it. I hear it's pretty good. I bet it is good. Camel livestock situation is what the MERS outbreak came from. Whoops. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so most people barely notice getting sick, as in like 90% of the people with Rift Valley fever are mostly asymptomatic. 
but 10% of them get a more serious illness. And that means they're blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually they'll, they'll go blind. What? And then 10% of those people will get encephalitis, which is a swelling of sort of the lining of the brain. I feel like kids get that a lot. And I feel like I heard that about babies. So meningitis is right. A, well, meningitis, but is what the, it is. the meninges are also <laughs> yeah, the meninges. <laughs> you got some fat meninges on you, bro. <laughs> the Menendez brothers were murderers. I think it's the, you're yeah. like looking at the microscope, but it's just the Menendez brothers. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Getting inflamed. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so inflamed right now. So then you go into a coma, or <laughs> you funny. get hemorrhagic fever right. and you bleed out of your gums and your skin, etc. And so in that case, that one percent of all patients that get either one of those things usually die. Okay. Damn. So, yeah. Okay, now we have one that's named after my favorite Roman emperor, Flavius. Let's take a break, and then we're going to talk about Flavius. <laughs> Old Gods of Manhattan Beach is a horror anthology podcast and may contain truths too terrible for our audiences. No one should listen. Manhattan Beach. A name stolen from all the minions watching as beads slip between their fingers. Now dead and forgotten, as Chardonnay pours down the mouths and through the pee holes of all those Xanax-addled mothers. A place with a medium income is $150,000. And the cops get so bored, they stop the only Mexican kid in town every Friday as he walks to the Panda Express on Sepulveda. But there's something stirring underneath the sand dunes in the Metlocks Plaza, Le Panquitilang. Something endless. Terrible, unfathomable to all those socially liberal, fiscally conservative caps have suckers with one black friend. So gird your lines and refinance your mortgage during the time of zero percent interest rates. The old gods of Manhattan Beach. They're coming. Don't say we didn't warn you. Guys, welcome back. We're going to talk about a couple more hemorrhagic fevers that are like the bitch ones. And then we're going to talk about the real sexy, crazy ones. The ones like Ebola and, and Ebola. So first, Sean, tell me. Tell me about Flavius, the least successful member of the Julii family. <laughs> okay. So the Flaviviridae viruses. It means very big Flavian balls. <laughs> okay, that's what that means. Viral Flavius. It's a family of viruses that actually has some names that are going to be familiar to people listening to all of our episodes, like dengue, yellow fever, tick-borne encephalitis. Oh, those are good diseases. <laughs> like, I know that you like yellow fever. <laughs> yeah. But, but... <laughs> it doesn't count. Do I have yellow fever if I'm half uh, yellow? Well, but the Can other I half is that? white. And the other, that half has yellow fever. That's true. I do love myself. Right. That explains it, I think. It's why you're so confident. <laughs> um, okay, so we've already talked about a lot of Floridians. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Flaviviridae. If you want to know more about that stuff, you should check out the Bite Me episode where we talk about the mosquito and tick-borne diseases. Great episode, guys. Get bit. And maybe sometime in the future, we might actually do a whole episode on yellow fever just because it actually was a pretty large epidemic. So maybe it'll get its own thing. Okay. So, Flava Viridae. Yeah. Very cool diseases. Check yes. it out on Bite Me. Yeah. What's the next punk bitch, though? Filoviridae is no punk bitch, baby. That's the category that's got what you've been waiting for this whole time. Marburg, Raven, Ebola. Okay. Okay, guys, we're going to talk about Marburg and Ebola. The melt-your-face-off diseases. <laughs> I guess they all melt your face off. But these, like, 
way fucking 90% fatality melt faces off. When people are talking about epidemic, viral hemorrhagic fevers, the whole topic of this episode, I think mostly what people are thinking about is Ebola. Sean, what's going to take these B-level celebrities to that next pandemic level? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, you're, you're asking me what would it take for Ebola to go pandemic? I just know they could make it. <laughs> yeah, I think they got the right stuff, uh, but you're right. That is Ballers! Gonna, that's going to come up later. What? You're talking about that? Yeah, that Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that was Elizabeth Warren's favorite show. You what? remember how she was a person? Yeah, she still says words. She's alive? Yeah, don't be. Oh, you're so naughty. I thought when you lost the Democratic Party, it was like, <laughs> I still get emails from people to judge, and I'm so annoyed. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. We've already talked about a lot of diseases in this episode, right? And the thing is, those have caused epidemics. Like, they're on the WHO list. Rift Valley Fever, Lhasa Fever, Crimean Congo, Hemorrhagic Fever. All of these dudes... baby. All these dudes have caused epidemics, but when we're talking about the ones that really stick in the public imagination... Right. We're talking about that Ebola, right? Ebola, Ebola in town. Okay, so that said, let's get into these guys, starting with the one I didn't just say, Marburg. Okay, so Marburg was famously one of the first cities sacked in the Thirty Years' War when I think it was either the Danes or the Swedish invaded. Wow, seriously? That's Medelberg, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 well, that makes sense because I know those dudes were like, you know, Holy Roman Empire. Right. They were like a pretty... There was like a Hanseatic city that like took fat dick from Sweden <laughs> <laughs> and then like now has six people. Like it never recovered. <laughs> so... Marburg is definitely in Germany, though. Cool. So, you know, I buy that. Okay, so in 1967 in Marburg, Germany, the Marburg virus was discovered. And that's because there were some Germans working in a factory, messing around with monkey entrails of some kind. Gotta stop doing that. And in any case, they were just messing around with these monkey entrails, and those monkeys happened to have been infected with this virus. You know that was just like a bunch of ex-Nazis who were like, oh, man... Do you remember the good old days? What's closest to a human? <laughs> so so I took a look at a map of Germany to see if this was communist Germans or if this was, you know, now American Germans yeah. or whatever the shit. And I'm pretty sure it was West Germany. Anyway, so it infected 31 dudes and seven of them died. Okay. In that first outbreak. Cool. And so Marburg virus disease is actually caused by two different but very closely related subspecies of the virus. So Marburg virus is a species, but it has two subspecies in it. One of them is just called Marburg, and the other one's called Raven. And these two viruses both probably hang out in, like, Egyptian fruit bats and other bats, mostly in Africa. Both of them, both Raven and Marburg, happen to end up being named after European shit, which I think... Because it killed of... a bunch of Europeans. <laughs> yes. Before that, we weren't really thinking about it. Right. We kind of... I mean, at least Western science discovered it in this particular blip. Yes, yes we culturally appropriated it. Man, fucking bats. Yeah, dude. Bats are gonna be very interesting. We're gonna talk about bats, guys. Okay, because they're very sexy reservoirs. Yes. Disease. And also super useful. Yeah. We didn't really bring this up in, like, the Bite Me episode, but bats are responsible for, like, killing a shitload of mosquitoes. You know what I mean? So cool. They're very important. If only they weren't also reservoir of diseases. <laughs> yeah. It's like this one reservoir of disease killing a different reservoir of disease. It's funny. I mean, ultimately... Or a mosquito's a vector. They are both a vector and a reservoir when right. it comes to malaria. Okay. But for some of the other ones, they're just a vector. Anywho... In 1967, this virus cropped up and then it kind of laid low for a while, only a few cases every here and there, until there were two kind of bigger outbreaks, one in 1998 and the other in 2004. And 158 people and 252 people were 
infected in those two outbreaks. And 87%, that's a B plus, guys, 87% (laughs) of people died. Yeah, pretty gnarly. So why was it so, I mean, not to say it's so limited, but like, why was it only 250 or whatever people died? Why was it 200,000 people over the Congo died? So part of it is that you can have human-to-human transfer of this virus, but probably a lot of it cropping up in the first place was interaction people were having with, like, bat poop. Ah. Uh, And so... The dreaded guano. Yeah, the wonderful guano that people love using for stuff. Except fucking diseases in it. Right. So in some cases, there can be virus in the guano... That people can either, you know, if they're improperly handling it and touching it and stuff like that, then that can be a problem. Doesn't that sound like a really good Ween album? Viral guano? Yeah, that's pretty solid. I like it. Or even potentially aerosols within the cave. Damn. Might have virus levels. Do you just walk in the cave? It's got this fucking... Yeah, it's got a... Fucking Marburg just in the way. It's got the scent. It's got the scent of the bola. Damn. That sounds like a bad Stephen Moffat idea for, like, Doctor Who. Oh, really? But it would just be true. <laughs> I was thinking it's kind of like Scent of a Woman. That uh, I don't know what uh, that is. The, the Al Pacino movie. Scent of a Woman. I've never seen that. Say a quote from it in Al Pacino's voice. <laughs> You've got the scent of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ebola. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> so, after you get exposed, five to ten days later, you start out, you have like a headache, some weakness, a little bit of a fever, right? Sort of flu-like symptoms, that classic... Everything starts out as the flu. <laughs> Shit, dude. I think I have Marburgs. <laughs> yeah. And then you start to get a red, bumpy rash on your chest and back. Okay? That's the first sort of different kind of indication than mm. the flu. Cool. Then you start to get some chest pain, some nausea, some vomiting, some diarrhea. You lose a bunch of weight. Great for people looking to lose weight. Okay. And get Marburg. Mm. Um, Goop's starting to <laughs> offer Marburgs in these little packets. You get delirious. Oftentimes have liver failure, which is not great. Massive internal and external bleeding, multi-organ failure, and death usually happens seven to nine days after your symptoms start. This is a stupid question, but what what is, like, liver failure? Like, why does it fail? Like, it just, why does it, you know, quote-unquote shut down? It can happen for several different reasons. One of them is just straight-up cell death. So, cells so, dying. So, so many, it's like Chernobyl. If, like, 80% of the workers get radiation sickness and die, that's like... You can't clean up Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The plant's not working so well anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, obviously, that's not even what happened at Chernobyl, <laughs> but so, as an example. There are other ways, right? So a lot of these hemorrhagic fevers also cause little, like, microcoagulations of your blood in places. So you end oh. up getting clots in a lot of places. And so you can have organs and cells die not directly from the virus, but from lack of blood flow. They Suck. don't get oxygen anymore. Wow. How can you even survive liver failure? Because the liver's, like, important. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. How could you even live past that? Uh, so there are liver transplants. That's it, huh? Because your liver's dead. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The latest cases of Marburg were in 2017, so pretty recent. Yeah. Three people were infected, and uh, they all died. Was it still during Obama's America? Or was it now Trump's America? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Trump's America. Trump! <laughs> <laughs> He's like a divine king. He just touched an enemy, and they got Marburgs. Yeah. That's not true, guys. Don't listen to that. It was Trump's Africa. So, <laughs> the virus, you know, it spreads through contact, like we were saying, with bat poop, or aerosols in the cave and everything. That's right? pretty freaky, man. But it can also transfer human to human if you directly contact with bodily fluids. Right. And, and direct contact in this case, and by the way, just in general, for a lot of infectious diseases... Direct contact doesn't usually mean 
your skin touching a body fluid. Right. It usually means it getting through your skin one way or another. Right, because skin is that natural line of defense. Right. It's got to, like, get in your mouth, or, like, you have a cut, right. or, like, get to your eyeballs, or, like, you know, and, like... Yes. But also vaginal. <laughs> but, no, no, this is important. Also vaginal, because yes. Stacey heard some misinformation oh. where someone was like, vaginal sex is okay, but is bad. For COVID, and it's like, oh. and it's like, I don't think that's right. I thought you were just saying in general and not specifically for COVID. And well, I did you hear like, evangelical? Sounds... There's like evangelical Christian teenagers who are like, <laughs> God says it's okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you do you? <laughs> like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some phrase for it. It's like Catholic virgin or something. <laughs> right, 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 right. Anyway, right, okay. Right, right. Boy, Stacey didn't like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's get started talking a little bit about Ebola. Woo! Okay, bam, bam, bam. Ebola, Ebola in town. So Ebola is kind of like you, Nathan, yes. in that it is the younger brother that surpassed the older one. I don't think that's how people <laughs> interpret our relationship. <laughs> so, I'm more like uh, uh, I'm more like Faramir, and you're like Boromir. Oh, fuck. Which is that even though technically you fuck up <laughs> and you would steal the ring, I'm still always kind of going to be that bitch who got sick for the main battle uh, and then marries Aragorn's like little sloppy seconds. Oh, Eowyn. you're right. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put that all together now. Thank you. That's that's a Lord of the Rings reference <laughs> yeah, or, for you fans out there. Or you're Aragorn and I'm like not a character in the story because <laughs> I didn't have a degree in sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, one of the short story addendums yeah, written by Christopher I, Tolkien. I have like one of those grossly Anglo-Saxony sounding names. He would like, I'm like, Ethelfine. Yes. Well, yeah, no one talks about Ethelfine. <laughs> Great. So <laughs> now that this episode is fucked, the idea here is that Ebola was actually discovered in 1976. So that's a few years after Marburg. So Marburg was the big deal because it killed some white people. And they're like, Ebola, that's probably just some bullshit Marburgs. Right. Ebola was likely around for just as long as Marburg has been, evolutionarily speaking. Right? Hey, how long has it been around, evolutionarily speaking? It is difficult to totally know for sure right you now. You tease. No, you I'm, son I'm, of just, a I'm bitch. just saying that the science on it, they're still kind of piecing together how many thousands of years it goes back. Didn't Nefertiti die from Ebola? No. Uh, she died no. from TB. She got something else, that's for sure. She probably did guillotined. Because <laughs> <laughs> she believed in that weird sun god monotheism thing. Yeah. And like, some, chop! <laughs> some French guy brought the guillotine back in time so that she could get guillotined. That would be such a funny version of Doctor Who. That's like, <laughs> Doctor Who? I don't know what Who is in French. Okay, whatever. That's like a distracted. <laughs> yes. Holy cow. Okay. Here's the thing is that Ebola is actually not a single virus. It is a genus of viruses. So there oh, are several, cool. there are five species it's, of Ebola. It's kind of like how coronavirus is actually a category. Yes. Okay. Yes. Although coronavirus is a pretty big category. It's got thousands of viruses within coronavirus. And they're gonna get you all! <laughs> no, but Most of them just hang out in bats. Right, whereas... What the fuck is with bats? <laughs> Keep an eye for a bat episode, guys. Yeah, that's coming. But Ebola's just five. Good and nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. They're crushing it. Anyway, so out of those five, the daddy Ebola virus would be the Zaire Ebola virus. That one is kind of the first one that we ran into. It has the highest case fatality rate at 83% on average. And then you have these sort of not as big deal ones. I would say the Sudan Ebola virus is the next one. That's about 50% case fatality rate. For you guys who don't remember, by the way, just important, Zaire 
was the captain of the lead Oliphant in the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Fuck! What? <laughs> Lord of <laughs> no, just, again? No, just kidding. But Zaire <laughs> used to be a country. Just just in case. In, in case anyone didn't know that. Zaire is the Congo, right? Yeah. God, I hope that's right. I'm going to be real embarrassed if that's wrong. I'm pretty certain it is, though. I think so, because yeah. I feel like every time I hear the Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, the, it's, it's always... There's always like, parentheses. Yeah, it's always, it's always like... Now the DRC or whatever, right? Right. Um, okay, but so Zaire is the Congo Ebola virus, and then Sudan, and then there's the Bundi Bugyo. But dude, I heard the most funny shit from a guy from Uganda. Just real quick, it is related. Okay. Okay, because I asked him, I was like, "Hey, you know how I can always make fun of Welsh people when I'm in England?" And he's like, "Sure." And I was like, "Who's like your version of that in East Africa?" And he was like, "Oh, well, I don't know if it's really like that. We have so many tribes within countries." And I was like, "Okay, well, who's like the tribe that you make fun of?" He's like, "Oh, the Basotho." And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "They are stupider by nature." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and he's like, "They need the money from the government because they're dumb, but great chefs." <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so <laughs> our different case fatality rates. Let's just reiterate that super quick. Yeah, Zaire, top dog, 83% case fatality rate. And as a reminder, case fatality rate means that if you get it, then that is the percent chance that you die from it. Frame of reference, uh, COVID-19, which is this huge and disruptive disease, has about 3 to 1% depending. Yeah, 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 that's what it looks like right now. And the flu, which also, I mean, as... A lot of people on all sides of this have brought up many times. Also kills a shitload of people every year. Right. It's about a 0.1 case fatality. And car crashes, but are you going to ban cars? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) We need cars in Easter Sunday parking lots. Sudan, Ebola virus, 50% case fatality rate. Bundibugyo, 39%. So wait, does Sudan and Bungibugyo, do do those count? Are those like strains of the virus then? Those are their own species. They're on their own species. Yes, yes. They are named after sort of where they cropped up first. Although all of those species have overlapping areas where they exist. So actually somebody could get... Zaire Ebola virus, and then the Sudan one a week later or something. That sucks. Yes. <laughs> Potentially ass blast. So as you might have noticed, I mentioned that there are five species, and then I only talked about three of them in that little chunk. And the reason for that is that the other two do not seem to be able to infect people. Sweet, for, just for hanging now. in bats. And can infect primates sometimes. Suck. Yeah, just not us right now. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, okay. so... The Zaire Ebola virus is responsible for the epidemic from 2013 to 2016, which was a pretty big deal. There were 28,000 cases. Damn. Okay, so for Marburg, right, we were talking about like 150, 200 or whatever. Right. People infected. This was 28,000 people were infected. 11,000 people died. Although the WHO thinks that both of those numbers are a severe undercount of the reality. It's just... In some places, if an entire village got wiped out, there's almost no way to know. Okay, so this is named after the Congo. Was that where it, it hurt the most? Um, so actually, in this particular outbreak, so this was not the one where we first learned about Ebola virus. This is just one of the most recent ones. Ah, okay. 2013 to 2016. So where was it then? Guinea, Sierra Leone, and Liberia. Damn. Was founded by American uh, freedmen. Right, which is like the Liberty Liberia. Yeah, thing, like right? it was like a big deal with like white politicians in the antebellum period. Oh, yeah, I remember the, that. They were like, look, hey, we don't like black people either. Let's put them in Africa. I mean, it wasn't just white dudes, right? There were black right. intellectuals. There was, a, there, was a, there was like a couple, yeah. I mean, I think the black intellectual environment was much more splintered. Oh, right? sure, Like yeah. Frederick Douglass was not like, I'm getting on that boat, right? But there was some black intellectuals. Right, obviously a lot of diversity of thought. Right, it was kind of one of those classic things, like if it was the modern equivalent, it would be like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and like Jeff Sessions. 
right, would be like, look, we don't agree on much, <laughs> but we really do need to send Chinese people to Mars. <laughs> that would be like the equivalent. I, the only person you've done a disservice to is Bill Gates in that conversation. Everyone else, I think, is pretty much on No, it's very humanitarian, Sean. <laughs> okay. They get polio vaccines on that plane. Look, Nathan, if you manage to survive Ebola, okay, it's not like everything is hunky-dory after that. You can have a lot of sequelae or follow-on issues after you're done recovering. Just how, like, episodes 7, 8, and 9 of Star Wars, those were sequelae. <laughs> <laughs> they were follow-up disasters. <laughs> yes, yes. I kind of liked them, but whatever, no big deal. So, muscle pain, joint pain, memory loss, which is... Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? I mean, that's kind of a good question. It's not totally clear. Neuropathological issues, it might be because of some of the inflammation that can happen, the encephalitis that can happen. Right. So if you have a lot of swelling and everything around the brain, it, it can damage your brain. neurons are fucked. Yeah. And so yeah. you can have literally memory loss, which is a classic symptom in Korean dramas. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible genre. <laughs> Just kidding, mom. I'm kidding. Mom, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yes. Mom reminds me, she's like, you know, Nathan, I listen. Yeah. Stop talking about your pants being off. <laughs> when Camellias Bloom is, <laughs> That's is a Korean drama That's on good, Netflix. It's a good example. <laughs> okay. Eye infections. Mm. And jizz. Yes. Your semen can have Ebola RNA in it for years after you're done being sick. Yeah, that's actually how they made Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is part Ebola RNA. <laughs> the X-Men or the movie? Uh, the, the, wait. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, no, not that. I didn't see that. All I heard was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, did so you see it? that's not how they made the movie? That's how they made the mutant? No, that's not how you make a movie, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you're the screenwriter. Okay. Oh, God. I had something Look. I wanted to say about this shit. Was it me. about semen? No, it wasn't. It was Was like, it about eyeballs? Fuck. I don't remember. Whatever. Let's okay. keep going. Well, now I think is a good time to take a break. We're not done talking about Ebola, but we're going to be moving in the next chunk of it to be talking about the vaccine for the Ebola. Cool, guys. So let's talk about how we respond to these crazy, crazy, crazy fevers. Yes. The following is an actual advertisement. Hey, this is Jeff. And I'm Chris. We've been friends. Acquaintances. No, friends. Shipmates. Dude, come on. We've been friends. Fine. Sure. Whatever. We've been friends for 23? No, 24. Whatever, dude. It's been a long time. Yeah, no kidding. We host a show called Round and Round. We discuss the worst, and sometimes the best, headlines we can find, watch for signs of the Cold War heating up again, and desperately try to find some good news to celebrate. Occasionally, we delve into important topics impacting the world, the nation, or those around us. And every once in a while, we take a break from the real world to talk about new movies, or to revisit and reimagine old movies we love. Find us at rnrthepodcast.com, tweet us at rnrthepodcast, and download Round and Round on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you cast your pods. Join us every Wednesday, won't you? I wouldn't recommend it. That's fine. Okay, guys, so let's talk about the response and the vaccine to Ebola. Now, we're very lucky in that, you know, Democrats were not obstructionists during the Ebola crisis, and this was Trump's first term. And so he had the ability to appoint a czar. He sent a lot of aid to Africa, really helped expedite vaccines. I mean, Donald Trump, what a hero. That was beautiful revisionist history. I loved it. This <laughs> That's was, like more than a revision. <laughs> this, this is 2013 to 2016. So there was full obstruction from the Republican Congress in Obama's second term. Yeah. And so it was a little bit of a bummer. But in any case, during this outbreak, there was a really heated race to try to get 
some vaccines going against Ebola virus. And so they actually, you know, went on. Yeah, I just thought of the worst movie about it. When you said race to get the vaccine, I imagined a movie about doctors and different companies having a race to get the vaccine. And it's called Needle Prick, right? <laughs> it's like Dennis Farina's hologram. <laughs> we got to get that needle prick. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So look, there are several of these vaccines that have been in or have completed clinical trials. And two of the big ones, one is from uh, Merck and the other one is from Johnson & Johnson. As sort of like the companies that have them that's out. the company with the girl getting like harassed by a dog, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like on the sunscreen, there's like a girl and she's like got her panties Is getting that taken Johnson off. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they're named after two penises intersecting. It's not. <laughs> it's, I, it's not intersecting. No, one one of just, the penises I, is eating the other penis. Dude, I'm like the Sheila. I'm like luring you into my trap, Frodo. Come oh, into my web. You, you said uh, Shelob. Yeah, I, I didn't about? want to say it wrong. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> The descendant Look, of Ungoliant, of course. These vaccines... Jesus. We'll cut these, some of this out. No, the, this is the only part of the show that anyone's ever asked for, is more Lord <laughs> of the Rings references. <laughs> uh, okay, look. These vaccines are actually really amazing feats of biomedical engineering. Okay, and I say that as someone who has like researched making vaccines before, I'm actually really impressed with the way that these vaccines are constructed. Okay. They're very cool. Wait, wait who, who did it better? Between Merrick and G&G? J&J. Uh, I would give it to Merrick maybe slightly. Okay, so Although, both pretty good, though. I think J&J is actually maybe a little bit more interesting because it's actually two different things mixed together. But anyway, okay. so the Merrick vaccine is a completely different virus called vesicular stomatitis virus, VSV. Mm. Yeah, okay? that's what St. Francis had. <laughs> and it infects horses and cattle. Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while, if it jumps into people, then it gives them like a really mild very, food. Very Christ-like quality about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it doesn't hurt you that bad, right? Okay, so the cool. idea was, let's use this virus, VSV, as kind of like the vehicle. And what we'll do is we'll decorate it with pieces of Ebola. That's okay. And then that way, you know, if you get this vaccine, you're not going to get sick with Ebola because it only has little pieces of it. Right. But it still is an actual virus. Right. It's like if you hung Christmas ornaments on a Dalek to trick other Dalek. And then <laughs> it blasted them when it got real close. And they're like, you're not a Christmas tree. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Something, something's happened to you today. <laughs> so... They took that sucker, they removed the proteins on it that the VSV uses to get into cells, and replaced it with the Ebola ones. And then you have the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And that one is a two-parter. One part is an adenovirus. So again, another different species of virus Damn. that they have, again, decorated with Ebola protein. Damn. Okay. And you get that one first, and then you're supposed to get boosters with something with another virus <laughs> called modified vaccinia ancara. Okay. Nice, and, named after the Turkish capital. I like it. Yeah, and so that's another one that causes a really mild disease in humans. And basically, they constructed that virus to have pieces from all the different viruses of this family. That's cool. So including those different species of Ebola, but then also Marburg. Yeah, sure. Marburg, Raven, and Malik. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's an across-the-board situation, and proteins from all of those are mixed in there, and you get boosters of that, okay? And so now these have been applied in the field during what you might call a live fire test in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 2018 and 2019, super recently, right? So these have actually been tried now because there's another Ebola outbreak going on. Really? Yes. How many people have died? 
In this latest outbreak, there have been 3,300 cases and 2,200 deaths. Man, they just don't fuck around in Africa, do they? It's like, we're sitting here with our COVID and they're just like fucking killing everybody. Yeah, so this one, as far as I understand, is mostly wrapped up now. As in the last case where someone has caught it and someone has died was, I think, early 2019. And since then, they've been monitoring it, but there haven't been any new ones. So that is good. That outbreak might be over. But in any case, in this case, there were vaccines being used. Over 200,000 people were vaccinated. Cool. And there's actually a little bit of a dust up. If you look into this story, they started out just using the Merrick vaccine. But because it's a single dose vaccine. So people only need to come in, get one shot. It's supposed to start working sure. in And that days. kind of logistic issue is super important, especially right. in a place without a lot of healthcare infrastructure. Right. Yeah. It's like with antibiotics, you don't know if someone's going to actually finish the regimen. Right. If you have two vaccines, you don't know if someone's going to be able to come back in for the second vaccine. Right. And so the thing is that they started out using that Merck one, but there was a question of supply in that Merck was having a hard time being able to deliver all of the vaccines right. that this they This private company needs to suddenly vaccinate 200,000 people. Right. But Johnson & Johnson had their vaccine and nobody had been using it in this outbreak. So they were building up a stockpile. And so the WHO and the Democratic Republic of Congo and Doctors Without Borders got into this big fight over when and how much they should use the Johnson & Johnson one. Who okay? was right? Well, here's the reason why there was a fight at all. Johnson & Johnson vaccine requires two injections spaced 50 days apart. Ah. Okay. And that is challenging to get people to fucking do that shit. Right. But also 50 days apart, who knows what happens in that intervening 50 days, right? right? What if they get Ebola during that time period? So the Johnson & Johnson kind of sounds like a better preemptive measure. Right. And it's just, there's a communication potential issue, a misinformation issue. What if word gets out that you only need one shot because they're talking about the Merck vaccine? Right. And so people don't get the second shot of the Johnson & Johnson, get sick. Now nobody trusts vaccines anymore because you still got sick anyway. Right. Right. So there's this big potential communication issue that would make it really hard. And so as far as I understand, this fight is like not totally resolved. They've started deploying some of the Johnson and Johnson vaccines and this outbreak seems to be done, but the communication part of it, teaching people about the fact that there are different vaccines and they could have different requirements is it's an uphill battle. Sure. And I'm sure Vladimir Putin is like throwing in misinformation in there. That's like also autism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Putin and Jenny McCarthy. So the one thing that I will say is that on top of all of this, it's not clear how much these particular vaccines protect against the other species of Ebola, right? So this is against the Zaire one. Johnson & Johnson, its booster is against a bunch of them. Right. But the primary one that it targets is the Zaire one. And a little bit of studies using that suggest that they don't really protect against the other species or Marburg pretty much at all. So that does mean that, hey, maybe one vaccine down... But what about these other ones? Right. right. Okay, so we can use modern medical science to create a vaccine for a really scary disease. But as JFK said, we have the power of the atom and we could use it to power the world or destroy it. Yeah. We could also use medical technology to make Ebola the most badass bioterror weapon in the world, right? Yeah, so I don't mean to stoke the spooky spooks out there in anybody. I know that this is already a kind of scary time in terms of COVID-19. And I do want to also say very clearly right now that we do not believe... Nathan, I'm grouping you in this. Shut your mouth. We do not believe that the current 
SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus is bioengineered or any kind of bullshit like that. It would be the dumbest way to kill people off. It's like, guys, China did the Great Leap Forward. <laughs> China just snaps a finger and 20 million people die of starvation, yeah. right? Like, yeah. China does not need help killing people. This is not the way to do it. <laughs> but Ebola's the way to do it. Okay, yes. So that's the thing, is the fucking Soviets, goddammit, were actually working on using Marburg as a potential bioweapon. So they had a whole program. They were working on that all the way up into uh. the early 90s. And then the second thing I want to say is that one of the other species of Ebola virus, one of the ones that I did not bring up earlier because it does not infect people, the Restin Ebola virus, is actually an Ebola virus species that only infects monkeys but has been found to be able to be transferred in aerosolized form. Okay, I could see how you're Soviet... You've got Winter Soldier. Yep. You know. Yeah, good You movie. give him a can of aerosol, boom, there goes the king of Wakanda. Wakanda. Anyway. Or a bomb. Yes. <laughs> yes. As was in the movie. No spoilers. Very effective. So I want to briefly talk about what aerosol means so that people can understand. Because actually it comes up a lot in current COVID-19 discussions. Aerosols are liquid droplets that are small enough to basically float in the air for a little bit. So those little liquid droplets can have virus in them, right? Aerosol covers a really big size range of those droplets, though. Okay, as in there's a lot of different sizes that can float in the air for a little bit. Some of them are pretty big and fall out relatively quickly, like within six feet of somebody coughing them up. And that's what we've been talking about with COVID-19. Right. But you could also make them drop with little tiny ones, mm -hmm. stick in the air for longer. Right. So some of the smallest aerosols... Ones that are smaller than five microns in size, usually smaller than one micron in size. That's one one thousandth of a meter. Those size aerosols can float in the air for minutes to hours, kind of depending on if there's airflow or anything like that. When we're talking about the bigger ones, bigger than five microns in size, usually drop out in six feet or something. Right. A lot of times those get called respiratory droplets. Okay. Okay. And those are like shit that you cough up or something. Right. That's what we're talking about with influenza. That's what we're talking about with coronaviruses for the most part. Now, when we're talking about small aerosols, a lot of times those get termed, quote unquote, airborne droplets. Okay. And so measles is a good example of an airborne disease. Shit. In that if somebody coughs up some measles, that can float in the air for a considerable amount of time and get transferred very far. God, it's terrible we don't have a vaccine for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes and so that is why that is oh. why it actually takes yeah yeah yes go ahead clarify for the people you clarify we do have a vaccine for it everyone should get vaccinated for measles you dumb fucks. but <laughs> i mean obviously everyone listening here does that anyway we're convincing zero people but there's like one <laughs> well i don't want to typecast anybody but there's one guy who doesn't believe in the measles vaccine he's like oh my god this whole time, what have I done? So in any case, the evidence right now for this rest in Ebola virus is that it can be aerosolized, but more like respiratory droplets. Okay. Not like measles airborne. Which means thus far it's not like a great aerosolized weapon. Yeah, although it's still not great. That's not fantastic. Right, okay, six feet's because... still decent. Yeah, and that can hang in the air. For right, that's just Eric like that. Andre running through the street naked, like spraying people in with a can. Yes, so I don't love that because personally... These viral hemorrhagic fevers being more contagious, like a measles-type situation, right, is probably my disease-worst nightmare. Right. Like, the thing right now about COVID is COVID is more contagious 
than any of these Ebola viruses, but also has a much lower fatality rate. Ebola viruses are much harder to transmit and kill off people pretty fast, but they kill off people in incredible numbers. Yeah, I think the only other thing on the I'm a virus and I want to destroy the world wish list that Ebola does not have going for it is that its asymptomatic spreading period right. isn't as good as coronavirus. It gets period. it too fast. Yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and you don't you, spread you, it for you, as long. Right? right, you know, you get that headache, you get that weakness. Right. Much faster than coronavirus. For coronavirus, it's like, what, like two weeks? Like, it's a right. long incubation period. Right. And you might not even ever know. Right. I mean, Sean, tell the listeners about that Italian town. Right, so they did basically a huge Who's they, testing. the Illuminati? <laughs> Yes, the Illuminati. No, sorry. We always need to clarify pronouns now. (laughs) A university in Italy did a study where they basically took an Italian town and they tested the entire Italian town for COVID-19. They did all the swabs and everything, did all the testing. And most of the town was infected and most of those people infected were asymptomatic but had been successfully spreading it amongst each other. And I think one of the craziest things to come out of some of these studies where they've looked at like really big groups of people that aren't in hospitals getting tested, like testing before people are in hospitals, is that some people will spread it, and the person they spread it to gets sick and goes to the hospital before the first person does. Right. As in, the incubation times are so long and variable that you can give it to somebody and they go to the hospital before you do, if you ever do, which is nuts. So the trick with an Ebola bioweapon... Is to get that good, good COVID incubation situation, right? Let's not do this. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would be very worried if we saw indications that any kind of viral hemorrhagic fever was going in that direction. But in any case, let's talk a little bit more about comparisons to coronavirus, because I think that's one of the ideas behind our pandemic series is this last little chunk where we do a little bit of comparison on like a virus level. Oh, and I should mention right now, hey, if you guys don't want to hear anything else about coronavirus, shut off the episode. (laughs) Right, thank you, sign up for Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Thanks, Stacey and Brian. So, moving on now, now that all of our listenership is gone. So, do you remember ACE2? ACE2 is the protein that the coronavirus uses to get into cells, right, using their spike protein. It's mostly in the lungs and your guts. And so that's a lot of the reason why for SARS-CoV-2, for COVID-19, those symptoms are respiratory stuff, lungs, you're coughing, and then also gut stuff. A lot of people end up vomiting or having diarrhea also. Right. And Ebola's got spiky stuff too. It's like a morning star flinging around right in your body. Yeah, kind of, except it's a little bit more like one of those pool floaty noodles. That's uh, less uh, (laughs) less evocative. Yes, I understand. But that's just the shape of Ebola. Ebola is actually shaped differently. So I think a lot of people now have seen pictures of these coronaviruses, right? Ebola viruses are not at all shaped how you normally expect viruses to be shaped. They're shaped like long worm kind of things. Okay. They have a spike protein too, like you were saying. It's called the GP. And the thing is about the GP is unlike SARS-CoV-2, which is seemingly pretty specific to ACE2, Ebola does not seem to give any kinds of shits about being specific to particular cells. Right. In that it hits a lot of different cells in a lot of different parts of your body. Right. Just like GP's ult, you press R in an area of effect, it just like bombards it. What the fuck are you talking about? What is that? uh, That's Gangplank. He plays top lane in League of Legends. Oh, that's for our That's for our lull listeners. Wow, we're going to find out. (laughs) We're going to find out. Okay. White blood cells. Blood vessel cells, so the linings of your arteries and veins. It'll attack liver cells, fibroblasts, and fibroblasts are... I love fibroblasts. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. 
Okay, because they're cells that are responsible for laying down. They're like the construction workers, right? They lay down Damn. the extracellular matrix. They're in like all of your tissues. So Corona finds that place in your lungs and gut. Ebola is like blah, 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 just exactly. all over the place. Yeah, spiking so it hits, shit. It hits your blood. It hits your spleen, your liver, your skin, your lymph nodes, your balls, your guts. And it just sets off uh, your what? Because balls? I'm just imagining like a pool noodle, like just hitting balls. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's Osmosis Jones 17. Yeah. <laughs> Slapping balls. <laughs> okay. So. I would say that one of the things that's in common between Ebola and coronavirus is that they both seem to really set off your immune inflammatory response. Interesting. Okay, and that a lot of damage that happens isn't only from the virus fucking shit up. So what you're saying is that the solution, the cure, is worse than the disease. <laughs> oh my God, what a bummer. What a bummer. <laughs> we just turned is. down this autoimmune response. It could be in Easter... Just immune response. One of these days, we're going to have talked about enough immune shit that you're going to stop saying autoimmune. My bad. That's not right. It's just immune. I'm sorry. <laughs> but in any case, we have immune episodes that we are going to be recording because we need to talk about some of this shit. But in any case, some of the damages from your immune system flipping the fuck out too much and causing some tissue damage. Ebola is not spread really effectively by respiratory droplets, unlike SARS-CoV-2. So... Ebola can probably be spread a little bit by those droplets, but that's not the main way. The main way is people touching bodies that have just like the blood gushing out of them and then not washing their hand well enough and touching something else. And so that makes it not as good at spreading. So washing your hands is still good. Yes, please, everybody wash your hands. Like, just do it. Yeah. Not even when there's a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably all the time. In the post-pandemic dystopia, (laughs) please wash your hands. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that covers it for our viral hemorrhagic fevers. Lots of different kinds, Boom. but Ebola is one of the big spooky ones that's out there. Okay, guys, so Ebola is a more modern one. Super sexy, though. It's a newy but a goodie. I don't know if there's an expression for that. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't spread as well as COVID, but it fucks you up. One story that I think is interesting about Ebola is that, you know, we mentioned it's thought that bats are a reservoir for Ebola. And right. people might be able to pick it up from bats somehow. But it's also thought that sometimes some of these outbreaks are not from bats, but from other primates. Right, sure. Because like, the primates also pick it up. Right. And die really seriously from it. Like, this is not something where it's like, oh, it only kills humans, but it's fine in primates. It kills like 90% of the infected. Right. It'll wipe out entire groups. There's one study that I read that suggested that at least in some places, the extinction level loss of primates might actually be driven by Ebola epidemics in their communities. Right. The current chimpanzee president ah! has really underfunded <laughs> their version of Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> and the CDC. Yeah. Huge deleterious effects on the primate community. All right, so I think that wraps it up for this episode. Let's thank Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Brian Allen, for art. Thank you for all our Patreon supporters, old and new. Yeah. We're you, a growing community, guys. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash petridish. We have Twitter at Dish Podcast, Instagram at Petridish Podcast, email petridishpod at gmail.com. I hope that's all of it. Mm-hmm. Guys, check us out. And we'll see you later. <laughs> ich benign science. See you next time.